0: This is a CNA Podcast. Hello, welcome to Money Talks. I'm your guest host, Elizabeth Neo with this special series, Am I Adulting Right?, where we aim to help you navigate adulthood and figure out how to set yourself up for financial success. In the previous episode, I asked a young working adult and the CEO of Endowers how you should responsibly use your first paycheck. If you missed that, do give it a listen. In today's episode, we'll talk about that once-in-a-lifetime wedding you're happily ever after. Now ask anyone who's gotten married and I'm sure the general consensus is that it can be a really stressful affair. Securing the perfect venue and your photographer, the outfit of your dreams, managing your guests and their ever-changing requests, accommodating your partners or your parents or your in-laws preferences, all while keeping your sanity and the entire event within budget. And that's what this episode is about. We'll help you look at how much and how to keep it within budget and even how to navigate tricky money discussions with your partner and family. I just want to put it out there that there is no right amount that you should be paying for your wedding. Ultimately, it boils down to the couple and in some instances, their families too. Just know that it should not put you in debt. Joining me is Helen Lee, founder and creative director of wedding planning company Rosette Designs & Co. Hi Helen, thanks for joining me.
1: Hi Elizabeth, thank you so much for
0: having me. So Helen, you plan your own wedding. Do you remember how much you
1: spend? Tell us more about it. Okay, so I have my weddings in two days 19th and 20th June 2010, and we split it into two events, actually. It's an outdoor wedding with solemnization and buffet, and also dance in Fort Canning for 100 packs. After that, we have hotel ballroom dinner reception in Conrad Hotel for about 220 packs. And I just look at our budget again for this interview. We spend about 80K for both events. So it's actually very reasonable. If we have to do it all over again at this current situation, current economy, we're going to spend 40% more than that budget. Wow. And these guests that appeared in the Fort
0: Canning wedding, did they also go for the hotel wedding after that?
1: Repeat guests? Yes, the repeat guests. So we don't consider Ang Pao for the first event because they only give once Ang Pao.
0: And were you able to make back from the yes, Ang Pao's Yes, f- actually we
1: covered the dinner. Wow. Okay. Yes. So our guests were quite generous. Well, you've been
0: wedding planner as well for many years now. Tell us about your most memorable wedding. This could be one of the most lavish, the most beautiful and like romantic one or the one with maybe the most meltdowns.
1: Okay, we have done about 600 plus weddings. Wow. So all weddings are special, but the one that is very memorable is this wedding for just 40 guests in a private island in Nicole Island and the couple is very unique and they're very chill and they have fun team, steampunk. so gothic team on the island and then the guests will spend three days tonight there. It's remote island. So I think that is one of the most memorable weddings for us because we bring all the flowers, we plan and then we also need up everything by our team. Do you remember how much the couple paid for this wedding? It's not cheap. Renting the whole island is about thirty thirty K by day, back then. Mm-hmm. And and maybe plus everything, I'll say maybe about forty.
0: So about 40k to rent the island,
1: including... Including food, including yeah, the accommodation. Your services? Yes, including... Flowers? Flowers, yes. Accommodation as well for yes. Because cool. they have to stay there, right? so including yes. accommodation. Ah. But I think the guests pay for their own transport for the the ferry ticket. It's sort <laughs> of like
0: a mini vacation. Yes, it's
1: paid vacation for the guests. Yes. To
0: me, it sounds okay, pretty reasonable, especially since this is like, quite a unique concept. Mm. Any other special weddings that you recall out of the more than six hundred that you've planned? Okay, most of
1: the memorable weddings will be where the couple actually have a different theme. I got to know this couple that they only spend the amount for the hotel is their minimum, but they want to have it lavish in terms of theme. So they really love Tokidoki, and they want their whole wedding to be a Tokidoki theme, like a launch party of Tokidoki. So we have all the decorations. Table is full of Tokidoki memorabilia, and we even got the illustrator for Tokidoki to sign something for the wow. couple.
0: How many people were there? I think that one was minimally 280. Okay. Well, I'm assuming this was before the pandemic.
1: Yes, before the pandemic.
0: Right? Because during the pandemic, people had to get creative. But in other ways, because of the restrictions on the number of people you could have, some opted for simple ROM. They did virtual weddings. Post-COVID... Right now, we're slowly returning to bigger wedding banquets.
1: Is that something you're seeing? I think COVID changed perspective of wedding. Where in the past, most wedding happened in the hotel at with whichever minimum table that the hotel set, and then mainly invite the relatives. But now, I think couple are more mindful of the number of the guests they will want to invite, and we're seeing wedding maybe now range about hundred to hundred fifty, whereby. Before COVID, that was considered small. But now it's actually quite common. Of course, because of the COVID restriction being eased, there are bigger weddings. This year, we have a few weddings, 400 guests to 800 and 900. Yes, wow. it's coming back. That's a revenge wedding. <laughs> yes. Usually, when the couple has maybe businesses, when they have to invite their clients and maybe big pool of relatives. So yeah, those are for the bigger numbers. Mm.
0: Well, personally, I got married a couple of months back and our guest list was like about 150 people. And to mm, me, nice. that was already a lot of yes. people. My idea was always to have a very small and intimate yes. wedding. It's starting to become more common to see smaller weddings.
1: Yes, yeah, smaller wedding is common. In fact, now it's not so taboo to have wedding of 20 whereby last time maybe it's unheard of wedding of 20 packs but now we are seeing 50 30 guests yeah a few weddings like that Mm. yeah
0: what would you say is the average cost of a wedding today how has COVID changed the price of things and also now we're dealing with inflation GST has gone up basically everything has gone up how much more would you be paying for the main
1: components of a wedding So 40% of your wedding budget comes from the venue. So it really depends on which venue do you choose. Firstly, if you are thinking about hotel wedding, the minimum is 50k. We have couple that spends more than 100 to 150k for hotel wedding wedding. And it's not even a big wedding, not even like a few hundred wedding, but maybe about 200, they can spend more than 100k. So it actually depends on the venue. I would say if you are looking into hotel, then you have a minimum 50k. But if you're looking at uh, maybe restaurant or even other venue rental, then it could be lesser than that. For those who are religious
0: and they have to hold like a traditional wedding as well, the rental cost for a church,
1: temple, those have gone up as well. Yeah, but I don't think it's significantly more than mm-hmm. hotel is yeah, increased. So it's still okay. And we are seeing more and more a couple having a luncheon after the church ceremony. So this also can save a lot mm. of money because you can just cater the lunch and then that's it. Yeah. So you talked a bit about saving money, having luncheons instead,
0: not having it at a hotel. I'll come back to that because I want to ask you for some hacks and some tips. Yes, (laughs) of course. (laughs) So for a couple who has decided to get married, where should they begin? Uh, Do you start with what you want or should you start with how much money you are willing
1: to spend and then go from there? When you first plan for the wedding, of course, you will need to sit down and then look at the objective of the wedding. Is it for our family? Is it for us? And who do we want to invite? And how big is the wedding? Start from there. Then look at how much you want to spend, actually. So if you say that, okay, I think our family is okay if we have it small, then you can think about what kind of wedding you want. Money-wise, once you settle the type of wedding that you want, then the money you can set easily. If you want to have a hotel wedding, then this is the budget. Because taking into consideration the ang pao, Yes, that is actually some of consideration when you want to set a budget. But what kind of feel that you want for the wedding, that's most important. Let's start with the objective first. So what kind of wedding you want? Yes, what kind of feel, what kind of memory you want? Mm-hmm. Is it more chill, more cozy, or is it more sit down or black tie? So yeah, that will determine a lot on your budget. What about for people who have obligation in
0: terms of like how many people they have to invite. Should you also consider this at the start rather than after you get your type of wedding and then how much you're willing to spend and then you can fit X number of
1: guests? Should you consider how many guests you have to invite at the start? Yes, this may be the conversation with the family because you can always limit your friends but how do you limit your relatives, right? This is a good conversation to have in the beginning with your family. Say, hey, we are getting married. Okay, mom that we are planning to have this kind of wedding. What do you think about relatives? Because, you know, if you want to have an outdoor wedding, you maybe cannot invite all your elder relatives, right? We actually see more of ease in terms of expectation of parents Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Yeah, I think couple has more say in terms of what is meaningful for them. What kind of wedding they want instead of obligation of inviting relatives. So you're saying maybe parents these days, the in-laws,
0: they're more accepting, they're more open-minded, I suppose, after the pandemic, in terms of like, wedding doesn't always have to be hotel, eight course, smoke machines.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't speak for everyone, but I can see that the trend is more is towards a couple's expectation and their own. Why do you think that is so? I think COVID really changed how we perceive relationships and also what's meaningful so it's no longer uh, what's obligated to us.
0: Yes, on the couple's part they get to be a little bit more selective of who gets invited and also in the guest part we have to be more understanding if people choose to turn down the invitation because, yeah, I guess. And it's also cost. Cost is a big
1: part also. Right. And also ang pao, right?
0: Yes. (laughs) So with the increase in GST and inflation and basically cost rises across a whole whole bunch of things as a wedding couple can they expect their guests to be giving
1: more bigger ang pows, more generous ang pows. I think it depends on the relationship with the guests it's no longer about how much is the ang rate in that menu sometimes it become how do I say uh, not reasonable anymore some place can be like 350 so if we are times two you pay 700 yes. so that's it's actually a lot of money so we are seeing actually more of the close friends giving more Mm-hmm. and there's a base rate but to be honest a couple nowadays can't really expect the angpao pao to cover the venue exactly so this is what I want to ask you next when you're
0: planning your wedding you're budgeting earlier you mentioned something about like taking into consideration the angpao pao uh, yeah. that you will receive should that be factored in earlier on in your planning or should you just actually not think about it and just think about it as like a bonus
1: for us we took consideration of how much angpao we have but maybe we don't Take 100%, we take like the conservative of 50%. So maybe 50% we can cover, then we plan based on that. Mm. So you would go into the wedding
0: planning thinking that you would be able to cover about 50%. Yes. And then you adjust your budget from there. Yeah. Is it fair to expect your guests to help you cover the amount? For example, I throw my wedding at some really lavish hotel, and of course, the angpao rate is like three to four to five hundred dollars and also if I'm a good friend or family of the wedding couple mm.
1: is there expectation that these people should actually help to cover mm, okay this is quite tricky because even for my own wedding we know what is their background so we don't really expect a lot from mm. certain people but I think if you have expectation that your guests will cover this amount that will jeopardize your friendship. Right. So I think it's best not to have any expectation, especially for the wedding itself. Especially if you have it in venue like Capella or mm. Clifford Pier, there's extravagant cost, right? You have to consider that you already have a fund to finance the whole wedding without taking in consideration the Ang pao. That mm. was my suggestion.
0: It's also got to do with the type of wedding, right? So obviously, if you have it in a hotel, chances are the Ang pao will be a bit bigger than say if you have it at an outdoor uh, location or a bar or a club, these are also gaining popularity.
1: Do you expect your Ang Pao's to be less? Generally, Ang Pao rates has a certain you know, minimum amount. So sometimes you can't cover. Like I have a ca- client who totally cover their wedding, even they earn a little bit from the Ang Pao because of the friends. Plus their wedding venue is not expensive, but they have a lot of good friends and they invite. So their Ang Pao's uh, usually above what is the venue cover. So From the point of view of a guest, should I be following all those Angpao rates that I see online? Yeah, well, hotel now, the Angpao rates is about 120 to 360. I will say, also look at your finance. If it's very stretch for you to maybe give that amount, then you can give less. To be honest, I'm for following the rates, but if it's not within your means, then maybe just give it what you want. Okay, and here's a personal hack from
0: me. I will follow the rates, but I won't bring my partner. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) And if I have kids, I won't bring my kid. Mm, Yes. So another part of wedding planning is paying for the wedding. So a Talking Point episode back in 2018 said that some people use three years of their savings to pay for their wedding. Others even took a loan. What advice do you give your clients when it comes to how much money they should be spending? Do you think taking a
1: loan is a good idea? Personally, I'm not into taking loan. You don't want to start your marriage with a debt. So I think really, first thing, uh, spend within your means. Have a conversation of how much are we willing to fork up within our means. Of course, uh, I see more and more couples being helped by the parents in terms of financing the wedding. So that is also helping the couple to budget. So I don't think you should take the loan. You also must think about the housing. You also must think about maybe your children. I will say still budget for debt. Yeah, and basically not going to debt funding away. Yes, yes. So
0: assuming that you're not going to take a loan, um, you're going to pay for this yourself, then you obviously have to start saving, right? Mm. How far ahead should you start saving? The moment he pops the question... Or Usually that's one year,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. I see couples, they get together, they know that this is the person that they want to marry. That's where they start saving. Of course, you will have savings anyway. You can spend maybe not entirely 100% for your, the wedding itself. Maybe a good like 50%, 60%. So you mean 50 to 60% of your total savings? Now we have both couple financing the wedding. Yes. In the past, Sometimes only the guy financing the wedding. But we see uh, women having financial power. So they could also finance the wedding and have the weddings they want. So now it's a bit balanced, I would say. So for example, maybe
0: you can just give us a rough guide. How can we start to save? The proposal has happened and we know we're going to get married already. So should we set aside
1: money every month? Like a joint account. Yes, Yes. open a joint account. Open a joint account. Uh, Well, we did that. Uh, me and my husband, my fiancé then, we opened a joint account and we uh saved money. Actually, our engagement took about one and a half years. Mm-hmm. So, we saved money, set aside, and then, yeah, we managed to finance our, our wedding. So, it took about one and a half years to yes. save yeah. for the wedding. Yeah. And did you have money left over for a nice honeymoon? Yes. Actually, our wedding budget includes honeymoon as well as my wedding planner costs. <laughs> I see.
0: Hi, my name is Julie Yu, and I'm the host of the Climate Conversations. Each week, I speak to guests who give us tips on how we can protect the Earth. Every once in a while, we also have interesting stories, like how Singapore's first Tesla owner prompted billionaire Elon Musk to reach out to Prime Minister Lee Senlong. Long. Or a chef who makes the juiciest burgers from only plant based ingredients. For more stories like these, look for the Climate Conversations on our CNA and Me Listen apps or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, do more
1: people hire wedding planners these days or do you see people up to just plan things themselves? Well, having a wedding planner. Is a luxury, not a necessity. Only maybe 10% of couples have a wedding planner. If you're very busy and you don't mind spending, it's really good to have wedding planner because these are the professionals that do wedding day in, day out. You definitely have a different final outcome, guest experience if you have a wedding planner. But I think what you cannot save is having someone professional that runs the wedding on the actual day, like wedding coordinator. I've seen too many couples get stressed out on the wedding day because it's really hard to manage the day of coordination. I've seen groom screaming <laughs> to vendors oh, no. and yeah, getting really stressed out, worked out because it's really stressful on the actual right. day. Couple don't know how much is the pressure on the actual day. So sometimes they expect their friends to help them, but the friends also get worked out. So I think if you want to save, don't skim the wedding coordinator. Okay, so wedding
0: coordinator will only
1: appear on the day itself. But they typically cost less than a wedding planner. Yes, they typically cost less because maybe they only pick up with the program two months before. And then just make sure your wedding Mm -hmm. runs well. And then you can enjoy and your friend doesn't have to... Book on your wedding day. Mm. So a wedding planner is a
0: luxury, not a necessity. A wedding coordinator is Could be. more necessary to have. Yes. What else are necessary for the wedding? So obviously food, also flowers, stuff like that. What are some things that you can save on? And what are things that you should not scrimp on?
1: So I think this is the conversation at the beginning that you have to have with your partner. What is most important for you? Let's say there's 15 categories of vendors and you don't have budget to get all the vendors that you want. You can pick few, maybe pick three or five. These are the item that is very meaningful for me. For, for example, maybe decor. I want to have a nice decor. So I set aside certain budget for the decor and then maybe the rest I can do bundle. So having a bundle package is also one of the hacks. Of course, the photo, video for me, right, I kind of regret not having a videographer for my wedding. Really? Yeah. I didn't have a videographer. <laughs> because now I see, right, I think I want to relieve the moment. I
0: see. Yeah, but
1: if it's okay if you don't have. Everybody have different regrets. So th- those are my, <laughs> my one regret I wish I have.
0: We decided not to have a videographer because we thought, when will we watch Mm. The video. We'd rather look at the photos and plus we'll just get our friends to send us like if they have any funny Instagram uh, yeah. boomerangs or videos, they can just send it to yeah. us. What I did regret though was spending quite a bit on my bouquet. <laughs> okay. Because I lost it. Oh, how oh. Yeah. I don't know where I placed it, but it was as you said, right? On the wedding day, there's just so much going on and then basically we were like all over the place. And I don't even know where my bouquet went. The restaurant probably tossed it aside. I kind of regret spending Mm. money on the bouquet. I mean, it was nice for some pictures. And I do hope we took enough pictures with the bouquet. But if I had to think of stuff that I regretted, then it would be spending so much money on the bouquet.
1: Okay. Did you get a wedding coordinator? No, but I
0: had a very sweet florist slash decorator. And she doubled up as the coordinator. And I had pretty good bridesmaids, I guess. Mm. But also... We were chill. We didn't really yes. have too much going on. We'll go to church and then after that we'll see you guys at the lunch eat mm. eat
1: cake. That's it. Go home. <laughs> okay.
0: So yeah, so
1: that that will do it. if your program is simple and you have friends who are maybe in the event industry and also they are quite on the ball on the event. That's very helpful in terms of managing the actual day. Okay, Helen, can you also tell me what
0: are some other hacks being in the industry for so long? I suppose one really big one is to have luncheons instead of dinners because that costs less. Yes,
1: and also maybe have it on weekday. That's also a big portion because when you take 40% of your entire budget, so that's a big part where you have it and when and so the timing. And if you want to save, you can go with bundle package, a lot cheaper, And you have a more bargaining power than just individual a la carte vendors. The quality now is also getting better. Maybe for gowns. I've seen my couple burst budget on gowns because they just couldn't I resist I understand <laughs> that
0: I understand that yes
1: I have a couple that only have 5k actually for their gown but they went and see a beautiful wedding gown and they got to try and it cost 15k and mm. they went for it <laughs> I was like are you sure but it's okay it's your wedding because it's a once in a lifetime right exactly. and then all the pictures you're going to be in that
0: dress and then the people be taking photos of you and that dress yeah. so obviously I understand that If they want to be
1: in an outfit that they won't regret. Yeah, exactly. So money means different for different people. They maybe feel like if I don't take this gown, then I will regret. And all the money in the world could not replay that moment for my Mm. wedding because I only have it once. You need to have 20% buffer actually for your budget. Okay. That's what we do with our couple. Like This is your budget, but actually expect about 20% more. Okay, and you see something that you like, right? Maybe these are the amount that actually you can spend. Right. Okay, so have a budget, but then factor in 20% more just mm-hmm.
0: in case you see something that you really like or, you know, yeah. say last-minute changes that require a little bit yeah. of a top-up. Yes. Any other hacks that you may have? Is it true that non-hotel
1: weddings would typically cost less? Yes, of course. Actually, after COVID, most of hotels increase their minimum spend. And also the the amount of packs. So if you want to save, maybe go for venue rental with all other component logistic uh, brought in. N-Parks has a few venues that is quite good. Mm. I know Hot Park is also popular among our couple. The venue itself is really pretty. You don't have to spend a lot for decorations. Right. Yeah, Berkeley Hall, like, like venue like that. It also can save money. Also, you will have more meaningful or maybe more memorable, different kind of wedding. So, spots like Hot Park, which are already lush and green. Yes.
0: You therefore can save on your decor and you probably just have to think about food. You
1: still have to have logistic because the place doesn't come with logistic and decor. Right. Yes, but at least the rental itself, it's already way lower than hotel. Yeah. Another
0: difficulty is communicating I suppose with your partner and your family you know sometimes your in-laws your parents they still may have some requirements your partner as well how do we have these like tricky money conversations
1: with them okay that is a tough question that we're still navigating try your best not to be confrontational and also if you have to go. To your in-law and then maybe limit certain things maybe just be honest with them especially in terms of the finance because we do see our couple battling with our in-law about certain demand but when they brought it up okay we don't want to be stressed out with the finance then actually the in-law or the parents understand because in the end what is important for them is their kids have a lasting marriage mm. so I think being open is very important and then you just okay I tahan then I just want to have face I think that's quite tough and okay. just be authentic and just be open just be okay. honest with yeah. you your difficulties if yes. any but what if your
0: in-laws or your parents say I give you the money I give you some money but you don't want it
1: we see our couple have bigger wedding like 80-90 tables and then just say because my father-in-law have like 50 tables to invite. Well, I will say that you can still have your after party with your friends after <laughs> that. But maybe the front part, yes, we want to give it to your parents. I'm so sorry, but yes, as a children, that we want to respect our parents. So unless you really, really object about that, yeah, you can actually speak up. Yeah, best not to start off yes. on a bad note. Yes, I understand. And I think if you're marrying to a certain kind of family, you didn't know from the beginning, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes. to suss out, you know, what is going to be expected of you yes. and learn how to manage that.
1: Yes, but we also have a few weddings that they break up just one week before the wedding because of wedding issues. Yes, we don't want to go to that right. uh, extent, yes. Yeah. Okay, definitely hope this does not happen. Yes, often, your... yes.
0: Yeah, it does not happen often, doesn't happen to our listeners. Helen, before we conclude, can I just have your best advice to a couple that is about to plan or that is planning their wedding? What should they do? How should they be wise in
1: spending for their wedding? Okay, so communication is very important. At the beginning, to really discuss of what kind of wedding, what is the dream? Where is... Uh, meaningful for you I think or I really sp- say just now you have to have conversation of the objective of the wedding then plan the budget within your means actually this is very important for not overspend don't do things because your friends also do it I seen that if my friends have this I also need to have this I think uh, wedding should be the resp- representation of both of you and your love story so start with your honest communication and togetherness I feel that that's most important, and also think about what impression or what memorable memory you want your guests to have. Then also build from that. From there, actually, it's easier to plan. I seen in my line of work, I've seen couple actually quarrel during the wedding preparation, and it gives me a vibe like, okay, this is a test. And how do you gonna manage difficulty of marriage if wedding is still like a struggle? So communication and just. Compromise, I will say, with each other.
0: Some say it's a a once-in-a-lifetime event. To others, it's just a one-day affair. Whichever camp you fall into, the financial concerns should not overshadow your big day. Think of all this planning and communication with your partner as practice for all the big money decisions that you will have to make in the future. And that's it for this episode of Am I Adulting Right? Thank you so much to our guest today, Helen Lee. We're heading for a season break, so do join us when Money Talks returns with Season 2 in mid-April. In the meantime, do check out our other Money Talks content. You can find us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that follow button to be notified when our new season drops. And if you've got other topics you think we should cover, drop us a note at CNA podcasts at mediacorp.com.sg or tweet me at Elizabeth Neo CNA. The team behind this podcast is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Sayer Wynn, and Crispina Robert with me, Liz Neo. Thanks for listening.